welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is a place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Helen Steers, Manager of Pantheon International PLC, or PIP, a FTSE 250 Investment Trust. Helen joined Pantheon in 2004 and has 31 years of private equity experience. She is a part partner in Pantheon's European investment team and is responsible for managing the activities of PIP. She chairs the European Investment Committee and is a member of the International Investment Committee and the Co-Investment Committee. Prior to joining Pantheon, Helen held senior positions at Russell Investments in Paris and at the Caste de Depot et Placement de Quebec in Montreal. Helen is a past chair and member of the Council of the British Private Equity and Venture Capital Association. So in terms of uh, Pantheon International or PIP, could you perhaps uh, start us off with the uh, strategy and the objective for the Trust? No, de delighted to do so. So Pantheon International, as you've mentioned, Richard, is a, is a FTSE 250 London listed investment trust with an NAV of £1.8 billion and a market cap of £1.5 billion. Um, we call the trust PIP um, for short, but the stock ticker code is actually PIN, P-I-N. Um, it's been managed since inception in 1987 by Pantheon, uh, which is a leading private markets investor headquartered in London, but with operations all over the world. We have um, over 100 investment professionals, including myself, um, around 66 billion in assets under management and deep, very well established relationships with the top private equity and venture capital managers globally. And PIP's mission is simply to make the private public. Um, so we provide investors with straightforward, liquid access um, to high quality private equity and venture capital opportunities globally through this investment trust structure. Um, our objective is long-term capital growth. Um, PIP has been able to, to generate sustainably high returns over more than 30 years, um, delivering 11.8% per annum since inception in 1987 and 109% total shareholder return over the last five years. And I would say that PIP's investment portfolio really exhibits three key characteristics, um, resilience over very long periods of time through different economic cycles, different market conditions, responsibility, because Pantheon is a leader in ESG and manages its investments with a really thorough and thoughtful approach to um, environment, social impact and governance, and of course, outperformance. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, PIP has delivered these market beating returns over a very long period of time. And that's really through intelligent choices of investment stage, industry sector, and a focus on the highest quality opportunities with these private equity managers. Okay, so you, you invest in a number of private companies managed by third-party managers ac across the world. Um, in terms of the, the underlying companies themselves, uh, what are the sort of asset and geographical allocations of the trust? That's a, it's a great question, Richard. So um, actually around half of PIP's portfolio is actually not in funds. It's composed of direct investments um, in private companies that are sourced through our private equity managers. And those can be through co-investments where we invest alongside the, the manager or um, a secondary direct um, type of investment. Now, that means that each direct company that we got in PIP's portfolio effectively goes through a sort of a double quality filter. First, it has to successfully pass through the stringent due diligence process of one of our top managers, and then it's subjected to our own due diligence in order to be selected for the PIP portfolio. So, you've got this double quality. Um, and we turn down around 90% of the deals that we see from our managers. 
So that's the direct portfolio. Then the other half of the portfolio is composed of the very best private equity and venture capital funds in the world. And these are generally inaccessible to many investors, even large institutional investors, um, really because they're in such high demand and they're effectively oversubscribed. PIP can get access to these funds because of Pantheon's deep platform of relationships across the world, which has been built up through so, so many years. And what we aim to do actually is to provide shareholders with really an all-weather global portfolio tilted towards resilient sectors um, and not chasing after hot trends, but really investing behind long-term thematic shifts in the economy. So, for example, digitalization of consumer and business processes, the migration to cloud-based delivery of software, switch from cash to digital payments, move to online shopping, um, aging demographics, lifestyle changes. And we were actually moving the portfolio in this direction long before the COVID pandemic hit. And as a result, PIP was really well positioned to withstand the conditions of the last 12 months and really weathered the storm. Um, I mean, you asked about the, 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 the industri industry sector split. So um, we've got about 75% actually in sectors that have had little or no impact um, from the pandemic. 29% um, is in information technology, 19% in healthcare, um, and about 16% is in the consumer sector in staples and services. Um, only 2% was really in sectors that were impacted by COVID-19. Then in terms of geography, we're weighted to the US, which is the largest private equity market in the world. Um, almost 50% actually is in the US, 30% in Europe, and then the rest is Asia and, and rest of the world. And then in terms of the stage split, we've got about 65%, so two thirds of the portfolio in what we view as the more attractive parts of the market, which are smaller mid-market buyouts, um, generally less efficient part of the market. Um, and then 27% in growth, equity, and venture capital. Um, so we, we think we're really well positioned actually for the future too. So, I mean, in terms of uh, the, the fact that obviously some of these are, are indeed private companies, as you describe, um, if or when they these companies go public, are they immediately excluded from the trust? How, how, how does that work? No, actually, when a company IPOs, it's usually subject to a, a lockup um, for several months. And once the lockup ends, the shares are available to be traded and we can sell down over time. But we always slow, sell, sell down actually over a period of time in order to maximize capital gains. Um, but I have to say that we've got minimal exposure to, to public companies. The major exit routes actually for our companies are either to strategic or trade buyers um, or to other private equity funds. That's the vast majority of, of all of our exits. We do have a little bit of residual exposure to companies that have IPO'd. So for example, we have a little bit of left of Airbnb. Um, we've got Nexi, which is digital payments, Adyen, another digital payments company, and Chewy, um, which is sort of the, the, the pet, uh, pet food and pet uh, supplies online. So it, just uh, taking that on a, a stage further and to put some colour uh, into the portfolio, could you perhaps talk us through a couple of your top holdings or positions? No, I'd be happy, happy to do so. And in fact, um, what I thought I'd do is just, just take you through 
three of the top five companies in the portfolio. Um, and these are all private companies, by the way. So the the, the number one company in our portfolio is a, is a business called USA Pharma. It actually accounts for almost 4% of net asset value. And that was a co-investment so it, that we made in 2015 alongside Essex Woodlands, which is a specialized US-based healthcare investor. Um, and they've got over 500 years collective experience in healthcare. They've made over 150 investments since inception. So they are real experts in healthcare. Um, we managed to source this direct deal through our very close relationship with um, Essex Woodlands. And in fact, we have co-invested going directly into the companies of, of, of other Essex Woodlands um, portfolio deals. Um, Yusuf Farm is actually a UK-based, actually it's based in Hemel Hempstead of all places, um, global specialty pharmaceuticals company. And it's got several approved drugs, which are really focused on rare diseases, um, oncology and pain treatment. Um, and they're really aiming to plug the gaps in patient care in those areas. And just to give you an example of, of, of one of the drugs um, called Carziba, which is licensed in Europe for the treatment of neuroblastoma, which is a, is a very rare cancer. So that's our number one company. Um, a complete contrast, our number three company is a company called Allegro. Um, so this accounts for 1.1% of NAV. This was a 2017 co-investment that we did alongside Mid-Europa, which is a Central and Eastern European um, manager. And we've co-invested with Mid-Europa in, in other deals. So Allegro is actually Poland's largest online marketplace. It's got over 20 million users. And it's essentially the Polish version of Amazon. And it's immediately recognizable to anybody that, um, you know, that, that, that lives in Poland. Um, very strong performance both um, before and during the pandemic. Um, they really profited from the sort of shift from, from off, offline to online. Um, I'd said actually it was a private company when we invested in it. It's now actually public. Um, it IPO'd last October 2020. And it was the largest European e-commerce IPO in history. And it's now the largest stock on the Warsaw Stock Exchange um, with a market cap of about 10 billion euros. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, in terms of public stocks, um, we will gradually sell down the shares. Um, we are a shareholder still, and we'll do that over a period of, of time. Um, and then for another contrast, the, um, the third company I was going to talk about uh, is a company called Abacus Data Systems. Um, so this was the fifth largest company at the half year, uh, 1% of our NAV. This was another co-investment that we made in 2015 alongside a US manager called Providence Strategic Growth. And Abacus is a leading San Diego-based provider of cloud-based software as a service, practice management software, and hosted technology solutions for small and medium-sized law and accounting firms. It's got over 12,000 customers and over 100,000 users. Um, so essentially what it does is Abacus enables their customers, so these law firms and accounting firms, um, to manage all their customers' businesses um, online and help their digital transformation. Um, so that's a bit of a theme in our portfolio in general. You know, we like companies that help make processes more efficient and we lean into sectors that are being disrupted by by technology. Um, but it's not all technology in our portfolio. And I thought I'd mention in our, in our top 20, um, we also have Freneri, which is the second largest ice cream manufacturer in the world. Now, the reason you haven't heard of it is because it does private label um, for groups like Nestle. Uh, we've got a company called Signature Foods. Um, at the other end of the scale, this actually provides um, 
uh, salad ingredients, so it's, it's the healthy contrast to the ice cream. Um, and then we have Chewy, which I've mentioned um, uh, previously, which is an online pet supplies business. And then in healthcare, I could give you the example of um, KD Pharma, um, which is a leading manufacturer of omega-3, um, refined fish oil, essentially. And that's what we call a nutraceutical. And then a company called Four Ways, quite interestingly, which provides remote radiology services. That's actually a UK company. And it was absolutely instrumental during the early part of the COVID crisis because it enabled NHS radiologists to work from home instead of having to go into, into clinics. So those are just a few of the names. I hope that gives some colour to the portfolio, Richard. It certainly does, Helen. It certainly does. Um, would you describe the trust as um, having a high portfolio turnover, or is that is that not the case? And and obviously, uh, we need to ask how the trust has coped over the last extraordinary eighteen months or so, and whether last year perhaps gave you the opportunity to add new new names to the portfolio amid all the volatility. No, those are those are all good topics. Um, in terms of portfolio turnover. Um, no, I mean, private equity is really a fundamentally a long-term asset class. And in fact, our managers generally hold their private companies for an average of about five years. That's really part of the, the private equity story. Um, private equity funds have a nominal life of 10 years, usually. And managers generally spend the first four or five years investing the fund into the companies, and then the next four to five years exiting from those companies and liquidating the fund. So that means that sort of year five or six, that's really where you get the peak um, number of realizations and cash generation from the portfolio. And not coincidentally, that's why we keep PIP at an average underlying fund life where we have the funds of five years, which means, means it's really in the sweet spot of cash generation. Um, and as these companies are, are exited, the cash generated is then uh, reinvested in, in new opportunities. Um, and we've actually been very active over the last 12 months. I mean, I mentioned the sectors that we invest in. And, and of course, you know, technology and healthcare have been very, um, very exciting sectors over the last 12 months. So we've carried on investing. In fact, as of March um, 2021, um, we'd made 190 million of new investments in so far in that financial year, which started in May, um, May 2020. Um, 190 million worth of new investments in 25 deals, including a number of really exciting co-investments. And then in terms of performance, um, the trust has really performed very well over the last year. Um, at the end of April 2021, which is 11 months actually, um, on an annualized basis, the NAV per share increased by around 23%. And the share price rose about 33%, which was which beat the, the, the FTSE all share over the same period. Um, so we, we believe actually performance has been extremely good over the last year. And, and finally, Helen, pulling all of that together, what, what's your outlook from here and, and how are you positioned for what might happen next? Well, we continue to be very positive, Richard, about the ability of private equity to outperform public equities over the long term. And this is really due to the ability of private equity managers to add value to the underlying portfolio companies um, using deep operational skills and strategic expertise, and of course, strong governance and alignment of interest with the portfolio company management, the underlying management teams. And what I mean by that really is that private equity managers um, exert tight control and, and have a lot of influence over their businesses, unlike in public companies, which generally have quite fragmented share ownership. And also everybody's pulling in the same direction. So all parties generally enter and exit a company at the same time and, uh, and on the same terms, and they do the same on the, on the way out. 
Um, and we think PIP is really well positioned. Um, and I've mentioned this, the sector exposures, which we think will play into these continuing themes. Um, the geography uh, allocation is really very sound. And then importantly, PIP has a very strong balance sheet. We have £195 million worth of cash on the balance sheet as of the 30th of April and a completely unused £300 million multi-currency facility. So with such a strong cash position, um, the, the facility and a very cash generative portfolio, um, PIP is able to finance outstanding commitments while at the same time remaining in a very robust position to take advantage of the um, deal flow that we've got in our, in our pipeline. And the, the pipeline is full. We've got strong deal flow in co-investments and in secondaries, and we continue to look for exciting investments in our, in our favoured sectors. We also like buy and build opportunities. I didn't mention that before, but in a way, you've got fragmented end markets. Uh, private equity managers like to buy a platform business and then to make these sort of add-on acquisitions, build a much bigger platform, and then um, usually sell to a, to, to a trade buyer. Um, I'd like to stress as well that it's really all about the micro. So rather than looking sort of macro top down, it's about the bottom up selection of really good private companies in resilient sectors that can be made better um, and that can grow. And this is done really by empowering the management teams and working together to create the value. Um, and we believe that there's a lot more sort of, you know, ro road ahead for private equity. It's an expanding asset class. Um, you know, private equity assets under management are expected to double. Um, so from 4.1 trillion today to well over 9 trillion by 2025. So it's a really, it's a really increasing asset class that investors should, um, should, should have a look at. Um, we're confident about the increasing number of opportunities for that money to be directed towards. Um, and we're very confident about PIP's ability to access these opportunities and continue to deliver market-beating returns to our shareholders. Fascinating overview. And uh, many thanks for that, Helen. Um, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. So our thanks go there to Helen Steers, Manager of Pantheon International PLC, or PIP. Uh, and thank you, Helen, for those valuable insights. Thanks also to you for listening. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more by the way of investment insight and ideas at ii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now. Bye.